Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Accidental Activist podcast. We're so pleased to be back. It's been a very weird two weeks, but um, I think we're ready to have a nice, good conversation about everything that has happened. I'm sure everyone's quite aware of what's been going on, um, but I think we'll sort of start off picking up where we left off on our last episode. Obviously, we were talking about the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry Oprah interview. And I think if you watched it, you'll know um, that there was a lot said. I'm sure a lot of it was kind of unsurprising to people, but there was still a lot said. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, what what I love about about the interview because we watched it together didn't we 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 stayed up so oh my god I was falling asleep we stayed up was it till 3 a.m because it was aired at one yeah no um, we were awake until 3 a.m watching this interview (laughs) and then we we had each other muted didn't we and then during during the breaks but CBS and American television breaks are really weird (laughs) they're so that every like every 10 minutes for like and there's so many breaks there were like 12 and then the weird like call this lawyer and it was like uh okay <laughs> um and we just I remember then it would be like back to the Oprah interview be like shut up can you stop talking so I can listen <laughs> it was like <laughs> literally it was just it was so weird it was like this weird contrast of like these strange American ads and then suddenly so were you silent or were you silenced <laughs> <laughs> It's that it's just the hands doesn't she or silenced. Yes. It was a it, it was an interesting watch, definitely. I felt very moved by some of what Megan said. Um, definitely. There was there was a lot of interesting things said. Um and I think while I know a lot of people have said, well, they didn't even really say much, I think what they did say was very revealing and perhaps confirmed a lot of things that many of us believed to be true about the royal family. Um, and I suppose we probably can't talk about this without talking about who do you think was asking about how dark the baby was going to be? I think it was Charles or William. What about you? my money would be on Charles or that I I heard about another um, member of the royal family and she's been known to do some really dodgy racist stuff she was the one that wore the dodgy racist brooch to Meghan and Harry's wedding so I think it was her or Charles I can't remember her name for the life of me Wait, a member of the royal family? Yeah, but I think Princess she's like... Princess Anne? No. I think, I think she was like a bit, like, I don't know. I think she's like a bit irrelevant. Um, but honestly, I think most of my money would be on Charles. <laughs> yeah, and we're obviously never, well, unless they tell us, gonna know. But it's... It was... That bit really shocked, like, it shocked everyone, didn't it? But it was just... And then there were people trying to be like, no, it's like just a family member being like, oh, what colour do we think this is? Like, no, 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 no. Did you not hear what she said? There were concerns. 
concerns about the skin color of an unborn child. Literally. And it was, oh God, it was, it was horrific. And it just, I mean, I have not supported the royal family. We talked about this last week, didn't we? We're not, I don't really see a point in them at all. Um, I'm not a royalist and my family aren't royalists and it's just I still don't understand how this wealth can exist in our country where there's so much poverty everywhere but um it really just yeah put a lot of things into perspective and I just don't like how people are being like devil's advocacy about it like oh this is only one side of the story and it's like yeah but that side of the story so far has just shown racism and hatred towards this poor woman exactly and I think it really it was so awful to think like okay if a literal new member a married member of the royal family is not protected this black woman then like where like where does that leave ordinary black women and I think it's just such such like kind of proof that black women are so unprotected in our society and Mm. it was just so like disturbing that it was just her that kind of caused this rift rift despite her not doing anything (laughs) and the way that the media completely just spinned all of this stuff and told all these lies and then the palace did nothing to correct them and it just all played into this image of her being a bully despite her sort of you know being the one that was getting bullied really yeah it's the way they just like like almost set fire to it and then let the fire burn and it was like just left it like that and I think it was very that she's a person and it made me because you know even Meghan and Harry I was like well they're still really rich and like and like you know they're still they're never gonna have to worry about money or or uh think like you know things like that they're, they're never gonna have to worry about anything like that and it made me think oh my god like when, when she opened up about her suicide and, and feeling um not her suicide sorry opened up about being suicidal and how she felt and it was like oh my god this is a human being like at the end of the day who is trapped in this no one deserves to live like that at all um and it was so devastating and then they just went to that event together didn't they yeah oh that photo just feels so like just not nice to look at anymore because you're like oh <laughs> and I I suppose I suppose it's real kind of proof that you really don't know what people are going through um Mm. no matter kind of how happy they seem or how glamorous they are or you know the events that they're going to it's like you can't ever truly know um unless you know them and you're able to ask them so yeah or they've shared that shared that yeah exactly um so yeah it was it was upsetting but I feel as though it's it's created a lot of conversation around the royal family and 
um I suppose their purpose and their existence um, have you um have you seen the way like especially William and Kate have been publicly everywhere the last two weeks oh my god it's so weird like <laughs> like honestly I can't help but feel like you know that video of William and Kate where they're at that school and they're with I don't know whether she was the head teacher or just a teacher um but they were with a black teacher and everyone was in coats except for her and she was wearing like kind of traditional um I'm not sure of kind of the origin but like some sort of African print on her top and I just can't help but feel like their, oh my god their media people were probably like actually love do you think you could keep the coat off <laughs> Like, I didn't know where you were going with that then and then I just like visioned envisioned that and I was like oh my god <laughs> literally the royal family are very much not racist <laughs> I'm like yeah okay I'm not sure if I want to take a rich cis straight white man's word for that but <laughs> <laughs> um anyways <laughs> the other thing that came from all of this was the other people who are watching with us, one of them, not with us as in me in India, I mean, watching at the CBS live stream, uh, was <laughs> so, yeah, we had everyone with us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, my point was um, Piers Morgan, and he decided to basically create the whole Good Morning Britain show about this interview. And obviously now he's left rightfully so I really imagine he was fired um but that this man and his obsession and where his obsession has come from because I'm not sure whether they dated not dated but like they met up once I don't think I don't know if it was a date or not we're not gonna know that are we but um and uh and she did not want anything to continue or pursue anything and she left and went somewhere else and basically he said that he she ghosted him um and he was laughing and it's funny isn't it he was laughing about it at first and then he became this bitter like and this this is what rejection has has, does (laughs) to men (laughs) they can't handle it it was um but uh, we're laughing but it's incredibly scary that his obsession with this woman over the last few years since she become a more public figure in the UK especially no because um, she had a whole career in the US didn't she? she she's built her career and worked hard for that 100% and it like he was literally obsessed but I feel as though people really didn't take his obsession very seriously probably mm. because he was just a public figure and then he's also a public figure but honestly if if someone spoke about you know that I decided not to talk to you anymore spoke about me even half as much as Piers Morgan spoke about Meghan Markle I'd be highly concerned highly In- concerned incredibly for my would- safety for what he might do but it's just I, d- I don't think people even really <laughs> just kind of clocked on to how bad it was and it was like it was it was just constant and weird it was really weird Piers Morgan is weird and I don't think like I need people to realize how weird Piers Morgan is and Piers Morgan- and they don't they don't because 
because he called out Matt Hancock once. He did a not we anyone could have done that. Not it's not and, and because he's like questioned man Matt Hancock. If you don't know who Matt Hancock is, he is an MP. He's a Tory MP and what's his fucking job i don't even want to talk about matt hancock to be honest um i swear he's like health secretary or something health health minister yeah (laughs) um and so they like it like scrutinized him a bit as they should and then everyone started being like oh i don't mean to agree with piers morgan no because are you forgetting about his rampant transphobia over the last few years live on television at 8 a.m because i haven't him saying he's gonna identify as a helicopter like it was ridiculous and it's like everyone just forgot that and now obviously i i just said (laughs) i said on twitter don't forget what this man has done and said and what he is now doing just because now it's like everyone's aware that he's obsessed with megan and it was this whole thing just remember like if he says something like i'm doing air quotes here good again don't take like take that with a pinch of salt like don't think that means he's suddenly it's the same with Nigel Farage when Nigel Farage said something like and then air quotes good like or like what we'd majority of us would agree with it was like no please remember this is a racist person like it's people tend to forget don't they yeah a hundred percent um we can't forget how genuinely terrible these people are we need to stop platforming them um I think probably the way to go is to just frankly ignore them honestly i am waiting patiently on a josh peter video where he somehow pranks pierce morgan into doing sort of a similar stunt that he did with katie hopkins where she won the cunt award (laughs) which i thought was brilliant and i i feel like he needs humbling incredible absolutely and these people like i decided to block pierce morgan this was before um, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks back, because of just, oh, I just couldn't handle I was like, why? I don't. And then I would used to like quote tweet what he said and be like, oh, what an idiot. And it was like, no, because this is what they want and this is how they stay relevant. And it's like, yeah, I've gone and done that with so many people lately. Like, so many people who piss me off on Twitter or like public figures or people, you know, notable people. I'm like, nope, don't want it. No, thank you. <laughs> Bye bye. And you know, take this as your daily reminder to block the sun on Twitter. Um, Yes. Oh, I've had them blocked for a long time. (laughs) Absolutely. Me too. Don't want to see it. Don't want to know about it. It's just trash. It's pure trash (laughs) that is just spouted out twenty four seven, and it's disturbing to see and I feel myself losing brain cells every time I accidentally accidentally stumble across one of their headlines it's (laughs) truly dreadful Um, but I think the media really does have such um, an important role to play in the way that we live our lives and the conversations that happen and the way in which we have those conversations um so I I suppose if you are someone that does get all of your information from you know various media outlets perhaps consider expanding that as well because Mm. 
you know the media isn't always reliable and the media isn't always full of good people um because at the end of the day it's it's for money um it's all about money (laughs) and and upholding oppressions as well in very subtle ways like majority of these publications like the sun daily mail we can go on are racist and misogynistic and homophobic and transphobic and islamophobic and i could say and fatphobic i could go on and on um and it, it all of obviously it all interlinks but it all upholds uh th- those things and and of course money comes into that and that's how they make their money because so much of the british public are all of those things as well <laughs> we laugh but it's not good <laughs> but it's not good and like the world is falling apart so Woo! that's why we're here for an hour <laughs> to talk about it i was just saying lighten lighten your day but honestly <laughs> we do we are talking about quite you know what's the word not dire but quite quite serious topics that i think as as we should we, we have a laugh we we do we do have a laugh but it's sometimes we're just like it, it even just feels weird to be like laughing so i'm like oh i've just been feeling so like crap for the past like couple of weeks as i'm sure many of us have um mm. i suppose yeah may, maybe that, <laughs> it's a good time to kind of move to the latter half of last week um which yeah didn't didn't get any better in fact it just got worse the week got worse um as it went on um so yeah if you've if you've been paying attention to media you'll probably understand that we're referencing Sarah Everard um and the discourse that's happened around that I think you know it's sparked a lot of really worthwhile and important conversations but it's definitely obviously so awful and tragic that it's you know taken a woman's death to cause this um cause this these conversations to be happening yeah it's um i'm finding hard today to find the words about it i think um so many people have just stopped talking about it already and i knew that would happen but it's like I don't know, especially cis men. You made a commitment this time and said, "Oh, I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna." Are you? I know it's only been, you know, but it's not that long, and, and we're not gonna know for a while until people are putting all of this into practice in physical spaces because obviously the pandemic is still going on. Um, but it, there are so many issues with this. And we're not going to cover them all today because we can't. And also, I think I can speak for both of us now and say that we're both really drained from it all because we also run the Speak Up space, which works. We, you know, we work in the sexual violence sector and we do this work all the time. It's not just now. Um, so we are very tired, um, which is okay to say. You know, we're, we're open here. Um, and yeah I think a lot of the issues to be honest 
should be more focused on the police and the institutions at play here not just sexual violence and that's me saying that I'm a survivor of many forms of sexual violence I'm you know like I said we work in sexual violence so it's like I don't know I think you're you're right because it's it's our culture and it's our systems that allow these things to happen and it's it's a it's a pyramid it is a pyramid Mm. Um, it is and you know everything contributes one way or another to you know allowing things like this to happen um but I think it was just this whole thing has felt so disturbing on so many levels because it's like this element of you know this woman has been murdered and it's awful and you know now everyone's feeling so much more on edge um Mm. and I feel like so many people like have come out of the woodworks to show how terrible they are and how much they don't care about the safety of women and marginalized genders and then also on a separate note you think to yourself so many black women have died at the hands of police Mm. and it's never sparked this conversation it's never sparked. did they get yeah um you know and they never did and probably never will get the airtime that this case has had Mm. um and it doesn't you know it's not to diminish the importance of Sarah but I think it's definitely something worth bearing in mind why why do we only care now Mm, why is it taking this I think it's one of the few cases that has reached this much public um like like you said media coverage so I think that's why people are so shocked but people have been missing and killed many many times since oh I don't I don't even know when the last like public and well-known kidnapping and killing was but um in the UK but um yeah it's it's like we said there's so much to it I don't know. I'm just very angry. I, I'm, I'm angry at, at people like, at people who aren't listening. But I'm also angry at those in power who aren't listening because, you know, we've also seen this week. Uh oh my god, are we going to lose our right to protest? And protesting is a human right. So it's like, are we even going to be able to do that? And that's just fascism coming into play. Thank you, Pretty Patel. Um. And yeah, I think uh, it's quite scary. Do you feel scared? I feel very scared. I feel very, very scared. The thought of all of this happening and, um, you know, I, I mean, it's like we see this repeatedly. It's like we protest against those in power, whether that's the government or the police. And then we're shut down and we're silenced mm. and now it could literally be law for us to not even be able to try and do that and then you know it will be then silenced to an even worse degree and that makes me 
terrified. I mean, I feel as though if we lose our right to protest, I just, I can't see myself staying in this country because no, me neither. That's, that's not a country that I want to live in. That's not a country that I know. That's not a country worth staying in if I can help it. Mm. Because I know that so many of the systems in place don't represent, don't represent me and don't do good for me. They don't protect me. They don't protect my friends. Um, my family why would I want to stay here if there's no chance of that changing because they're going to take away our voice like that's that's terrifying to me it's terrifying it's it's inhumane I know I say that a lot on this podcast don't I inhumane but so many of these issues that we've talked about are and um see we're not going to change the world by doing it less than an hour episode of the accidental activist but i think it's a place for us to talk right now and i I was apprehensive of doing this today because i don't really have a lot to say anymore about everything that's gone on the last couple of weeks because i'm just like you i'm just tired and scared and i don't want to be in this country then everyone's like leave and it's like yep okay in in a pandemic all right mate all right (laughs) I will. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very. It just feels all quite dark and quite grim. A hundred percent. But we can't lose complete hope because there are so many people who are trying to get the, that bill amended as well. It's currently been delayed, so that's wonderful, and that's from public pressure and pressure from sisters uncut. So, um keeping that up I don't yeah I think the opposition hopefully bunch of wet wipes at this point hopefully (laughs) hopefully they will listen and actually try and oppose this um yeah it was very uh you didn't go to the vigil did you no so I I was going to go to the vigil with friends and then saw that it had been ruled unlawful um and so then obviously we sort of you know we were like okay we probably you know won't go then but in my head I was going to I was thinking "Mm, no like why why don't we go anyway because I'm sure people will still go even if it is unlawful but then I had to take a, a minute before I spoke and say that and think actually no we are three people of color and if this thing is unlawful there will definitely be police there to make sure that this is not a success and I was like I I don't I don't, I'm not interested in getting beaten up or arrested by police um today so I didn't go and then I was I was right and you know we kind of saw all of these white women being you know violently arrested by police and I thought well that could have been me and I don't know how much worse that would have been for mm. me and my dark skinned black friend. Mm. And I, I was like, yeah, so <laughs> I didn't go because I, I knew I've been aware of police brutality. I've been aware that the police are not there to protect me. They're there to protect the law. They're not there to protect us. And those systems in place that aren't there for anyone exactly other than a power play like and if, if you're comfortable sharing um I think 
some of us it was quite I mean, you're going to explain this better than me, but um, that people were suddenly shocked that the UK police behave this way. And it was like, why is that a surprise to you? <laughs> why is this new information? No, literally. Um, um, and, and I made a post about this because... It was that's just... what was in my head. So that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so frustrating to go on on Twitter the next day and see all of these white women on on my timeline going I'm so surprised the police were like this I'm shocked what 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 kind of behavior is this surely this isn't allowed and I'm like it is allowed we've we've been allowing it I don't I don't know where on earth you were in summer of 2020 but did you not witness a single video of Black Lives Matter protests? Because the police don't just behave badly in the US, they do it here too. Um, mm. And they're not, afa- they're not afraid to be violent and they're not afraid to cause unnecessary trouble. And their behavior has never, it's never been good, you know? They've, all, they've no. always been violent. They've always been racist. They've always been misogynistic. These they don't exist to protect us and you know what for a long time the police were almost a a weapon of white women um especially against black men but I think this weekend white women finally realized that they don't the police are not there for them either Um, and it's frustrating that it took this long for so many of them to realize this because we've been trying to tell you like we've been saying um the police are not good um and the police are not afraid to you know do this kind of thing the police have always been violent um so yeah I don't know it's just I would really urge everyone that was surprised by it and shocked and just you know to really think and really consider how much of a privilege it is to be so surprised by it because I wasn't Mm. surprised in the slightest I was so unsurprised that you know because I didn't even go because of that reason um that's what stopped you I knew it was going to happen um so yeah just just think just think before before you kind of speak and consider your privilege and it's it's why it's important that we're you know always reevaluating our privilege um because i i i do all the time and that's you know i'm i'm in a minority category i'm you know visibly a, a person of color but I still reevaluate my privilege because I always know that there, there are people out there that are more marginalized than me and that um I need to be aware of what I can do that they can't you know mm. absolutely it's so so important um I wish more people felt like like I was about to say funk like that <laughs> what is happening I wish more people thought like that because it would make the world so much easier <laughs> to deal with these forms of oppression and and all of these institutions in place that aren't actually there to protect us um oh, there's the picture isn't there of the one of the women being held down by police and she went on to 
Good Morning Britain. And basically, like, it could have been such a good opportunity to, like, talk about how the police are at fault here and, like, talk about how the, like, police brutality, especially against Black people, and it was not done. And it was, like, and and it oh, it was just a very waste opportunity from the... And everyone's not sure if the person is an actor, an actor or not, if the woman's an actor or not. So, um... Yeah, I just found that interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of... I think it's really highlighted white feminism, this whole mm. thing. Um, and how we're really, we're really not there. And how probably a lot of the conversations that are happening will only really benefit a certain type of women. And I say women because I don't think this will you know be positive for non-binary people um and I think no. it will it's it's there now for for white cis able-bodied probably middle class upper middle class women and then that's that's it really um, mm. um and that's that's not helpful for anyone besides them um always go back to the Angela Davis model I say you know when the most oppressed in our society win then it's 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 a win for everyone else that's a victory for everyone mm. else um you know and I think initially she she said when black women win everyone wins but I, I think we need to move to a point now where it's like when when black trans women win then we all yeah. win um yeah so whenever you're doing any kind of activism work consider are uh, is is this also benefiting the most marginalized people in in this category um mm. or is it only benefiting me mm, that's so important that was very that made me very feel very um I can't find the word for it. It was just very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. This is why I think you should do more talks and panels. Hire India. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can actually um, email me. At, um, I mean, unless you do want me, um, <laughs> then you can, you can have me if, if you want to pay me right. Um, <laughs> um, India is great on panels. We did one together and it was so fun, wasn't it? It was. Oh my God, it was so good. That was our first ever panel together. That was like, no, our first panel. We're going to look back on it and be like, aww. <laughs> aww. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, that was really lovely. Um, I think it was. Maybe we should leave this episode on a, on a, positive yes well well one more thing i'd like to say is just um from both of us i know i can talk for you here as well is from both of us our thoughts are with sarah everard's family and loved ones and they should be uh considered more by the media and people i think uh at the moment i don't think they have been so our thoughts are with them absolutely absolutely certainly thank you um shall we do you would you want to discuss the drag race finale and we can finish <gasps> it? 
go on then. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> rage, rage, I tell you, rage at the winner. <laughs> but before we can say anything else, no one send any hate to, if you have, right, before, if you have not seen the Drag Race final, and this will be out on Monday, so if you haven't seen the Drag Race final and you've listened this far, you're just silly. Go watch it now and pause here and come back. Exactly. I, I'm telling you, I can, I can see you, I can hear you, Go watch it and then come back because I'm gonna say the winner. But no, Lawrence Cheney does not deserve hatred no. or any kind of online abuse or any kind of malice. I personally don't think he should have been crowned. I think he did well in some challenges, but yes, but, that's not. Yeah, Lawrence Cheney. She's not my winner. I'll be honest. She's not my winner. Um, I was Team Bimini Bombulash. Oh yes, Team Bimini Bombulash, Queen of East London. That, that you know, Bimini was for me. Bim- Bimini was for me. Um, and I don't know. It was just, I suppose it was kind of frustrating. So I was like, I just Bimini was like the most improved. Um, and I feel as though it's it's so nice to watch someone actually improving you know um and I think that really shows like true talent when you're able to kind of um grasp hold of feedback and you know run with it um rather than letting it get you down and Mm. um, she was just so good at you know everything (laughs) like yeah I just I just can't help but feel as though she deserved it so much like I was I was sat in my bed watching her little highlights reel this morning and I was like I cannot believe Bimini didn't win this is just this is not fair <laughs> no it was we we were quite shocked weren't we because we watched it together with a couple of our other friends and uh it was like oh god I, I was so certain Bimini had it literally i was like bimini has got this in the bag but rupaul is just completely obsessed with traditional drag and i'm yeah Um, it's so boring i'm just like give i don't know just bimini was something new she was something new and she just it was like in so many ways she was like you know really you know near perfect and stuff but she just had this like edge to her as well um Mm. and it just I don't know she worked so hard exactly she did work so so hard um it would have been really cool to have a UK non-binary person win um Drag Race UK um but you know there will there will always be other years I suppose and I'm sure you know the um LGBTQ plus community in Scotland is probably really proud right now and I think this this is probably a really brilliant win for all of the people in Scotland um that have probably you know always been afraid or just you know any of that stuff so I hope this kind of has created a lot of meaning for them and has you know made the Scottish queer community really proud Mm, absolutely two Scott queens in the final that was lovely what what was your opinion of ellie diamond in fact i liked her what about you see 
I I like Deli Diamond. I just wasn't crazy I didn't about her. Sit- no, I wasn't crazy, but I didn't not like her. I, I liked her. I think she's sweet and like, yeah. Like I don't like how Lawrence treated her. I think Lawrence she she wasn't very kind to Ellie. Lawrence was very obsessed with yeah that um <laughs> the comedy lineup, and I was like, at the end of the day, babes, this is a competition. Like mm. I think you know as much as you want to play nice and everything it is a competition and Ellie did want to win right um you know yeah. you, you know no you know like <laughs> you don't win being Miss Congeniality basically do you know what I mean <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so you know I, I thought I thought that was fair enough but I think my thing with Ellie was that she almost like her drag felt almost a little bit too perfected I think a couple of the the judges said this that she almost lacked that sort of grit and I think that made her her drag a little bit harder to relate to yeah but I I love taste oh my god taste and you cannot drop that your dad was the bassist in wham and then just move on as if nothing happened literally i'm sorry we all gasped didn't we We were like oh my god what because <laughs> we, we were so we were like all on a facetime call and just seeing everyone's faces when like that, i was like wait <laughs> it was so funny um yeah that was uh <laughs> that was interesting but uh, I, li- I literally had to google it after she said it i was like wait what like surely like no um but sure enough and um yes that was that was funny um but yeah I hope I hope I know I know Bimini is going to be really successful off of oh absolutely um because as she should be absolutely she's so talented and I can't I can't wait for things to open up again and for drag shows to be on and yeah for just everyone to kind of go and have fun and be able to like experience all of that stuff. Um, you will see me in India at a Bimini Bambula show. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm following Bimini round on tour and I will be front row at every show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, okay. <laughs> I think that's... Um, I think that's yeah that's a that's a bit more of a cheery note to um end it on because I think maybe we um we all needed that a little a little pick me up at the end because yeah uh, yeah it's it's been tough it's been tough but it has been tough hopefully we can we can create some change from all of this um and yeah we'll um we'll keep it stepping we'll make things bigger and better and we'll keep pushing for change so yeah make sure you all look after yourselves over the next couple of weeks um and so now i'm going to do my really professional intro is everyone ready i hope so 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Accidental Activist podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Accidental Activist Pod. You can also follow myself on Instagram at India Isabel. That's India Y S A B E L. You can find me on all good social medias. You can also find Phoebes on all good social medias at Fat Phoebes. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> How was that? I like that. That was my favorite so far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) We'll see you all in a couple of weeks.